Welcome back to a brand new episode of Full Metal RPG, episode 39. I'm your host, Brendan Carrion. With me today, I'm joined by Adam Sink. What up, Adam? Not much. How's everybody doing? Doing doing great, buddy. Doing great. And I'm also joined by Ben motherfucking Bailey. Ben, what up? What up? How's it going, everybody? All right. Well, you I know. just asked that question. <laughs> <laughs> it's been... Uh, to you. Why should it's been, to you? It's been a nice month since we've had a show, so we're back. Um, we haven't really had a whole lot uh, serious stuff going on. There's some threads out where we're trying to get some people in here for some interviews, but uh, this is just kind of a chill episode. We're doing like a little bit of a chill episode. Got some beers. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess uh, the... I've, I've got a couple things I kind of want to go over. I guess the first thing is, is that we didn't release a Shadow Sworn episode. We didn't this this month. We no, usually we, did we not. usually we usually release a Shadow Sworn at the end of the the last month, and people might be wondering where that is. I haven't gotten any emails to that effect, so maybe maybe not. Um, we did record one, but it hasn't been edited. At this point, I think that we're gonna be kind of like changing the format on shadow sworn like the last time that we got together to do one we were kind of talking about it and we there were there were a lot of question marks just going on in the full metal rpg crew about shadow sworn and what it is and what it represents etc yeah and just with the the genre that we're in and are we representing it well and is it is it necessary or is it even really a thing we want to be a part of post post our experiences at Gen Con. Yeah, I think that comes in a huge portion of this is your guys' experience at Gen Con. I wasn't there, but but uh, I know that that probably plays a big impact on what you guys want to do for that show. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was simultaneously amazing and... and Yeah, you know, we've got some kind of like... Um, I mean, I don't want to get too into it. I don't want to start, you know, calling out like anybody or anything i'm not calling anybody no no out. i know it's, i know i'm not trying to put words in your mouth i'm just saying like i don't i don't want to stir the the, the, the kettle anymore yeah it's just one of those things we're looking at the direction that v5 is going in I, I i took a long hard look at it and said is this is this something i want to be a part of moving forward and and right. the answer to that was like you said a big question mark i don't know the answer to that yeah i mean here's here's what i have to say like i will definitely be purchasing v5 when it comes out i'll definitely dink around with it but I don't know that I was getting a lot of satisfaction out of just of doing the Shadow Sworn show anymore. Right. So I think that we're going to consolidate our efforts behind FMRPG. FMRPG is still going to come out once a month on the fifteenth. You'll always have that to look forward to. We don't want to. We don't want you guys to miss us too much. We are going to try and have a more like organized show as we have been up until this point. And so. We still kind of need to find our voice with that, which is what's so crazy is that we're 39 episodes in and we still haven't really found our footing with it. Um, now, I know what most people must be asking. It's what's going to happen to the Forever Night 
recaps. Well, we're going to have to figure something out with that. I, st- I still want to keep yeah, doing we're going to keep doing them because yeah, they're so they're much fun. fun. Yeah, it's, but, at this point, it's the best. It's it, To me, it's the most fun part of the show. Yeah, it's the best part of Shadowsworn. Yeah. It, yeah. And it's the thing I that I get it. most yeah. excited about when we go to record Shadowsworn. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so I think we'll probably do something like we'll get Shadowsworn its own, its own feed. It won't show up in the FMRPG feed anymore, but we'll probably just do kind of like a Forever Night or Vampire uh, TV show kind of mm. feed, but it'll it'll exist somewhere, and you guys will find it. And Fair we'll, enough. We'll, we'll we'll show you guys where it's at. So we we've made this portion of the show like a Dresden Dolls song. It's it's a show about the show, or a Dresden Dolls song about the song. Interesting, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or it's or it's very Seinfeld esque. Yeah, I should just go sit on the couch. You could. Um, so uh, <clears throat> now now that we've kind of gotten over that kind of drab news, I, I have I have a question for you guys. I have go for I, it. in 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 the manner of like role playing bullshittery. I have just a completely masturbatory rhetorical question for you guys. There's no right or wrong answer to this. This is not one of those Brendan gotcha moments. I want to just talk about what is it that makes a Dungeons and Dragons game a Dungeons and Dragons game? What 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 about the experience of playing Dungeons and Dragons is quintessentially Dungeons and Dragons? So Dungeons and Dragons, the all of the games I played in Dungeons and Dragons that make it Dungeons and Dragons to me that that make it that uh, identifiable as that kind of game is their high heroic, um, high magic, uh, you know, kind of that medieval fantasy kind of thing. They're they're you know I I have a hard time struggling to come up with an evil quote unquote evil game I played where. Um, I viewed it as a Dungeons and Dragons game at the end of it. There's a high amount of player cooperation and coordination. I, I don't think there's much infighting in Dungeons and Dragons when I've played it. Um, and it's just kind of, you know, for me, Dungeons and Dragons is always go to this place, get this thing, go to the next place, get the next thing, go to the next place, get the next thing, go to the next place, get the next thing. It, it's. I, I guess what I mean is, is how do you know when you're sitting at the table that you're playing Dungeons and Dragons, you're not playing something else. Githyanki. There's just Githyanki everywhere. <laughs> yeah, there's just tons of Githyanki. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's it's like the, the iconic monsters, right? There are certain monsters that are just Dungeons and Dragons monsters, right? Like Beholders and Illithid and, and you know, there's... There's a, there's a quality to Dungeons and Dragons that I've seen a lot, especially when you, like, meet new people. And, and I you know, to, to rehash sort of a dead common, it's like the murder hobo experience. Where it's not really about heroics, it's not really about like tr- trying to do good. It's about like killing stuff and taking stuff, you know. But don't you think that you could either get the monsters or the feeling of high heroics or the murder hoboing from like any number of other fancy games? I could. That's my point. Is that I don't get that from Dungeons and Dragons. That's sort of like my my point. Is I don't get you, the high heroics because the high heroics are sort of. Well, I'm, I'm just saying any of the things you guys have named as being quintessential Dungeons and Dragons, you could you could get with a different game. Right, but I feel like Dungeons and Dragons is the, is kind of the big man on campus, right? It's like Vampire. There's a ton of other games like Vampire. There's a ton of other you know urban horror, gothic horror type of games, especially now. But Vampire still remains one of the biggest ones. Why? Because it's the biggest one. I so, feel that so, way about Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons is lumbering forward under its own weight. It's owned by Hasbro, for God's sakes. So, you know, so the only thing that makes Dungeons and Dragons itself is pedigree. That, is that it's just a very big company 
It's pedigree. It's got it's got a pedigree. You know, because I mean, like Warhammer forty k, for instance, mm-hmm. is also colossally huge. Sure, but it has its own thing that is unlike any other thing. Right, and, but there's nothing it, else that's quite like it, except for like the Moorcock novels that it's borrowed from. But I yeah. think, the, I think the issue with Warhammer versus Dungeons and Dragons is Warhammer doesn't have the cultural zeitgeist or mind space that Dungeons and Dragons has. I mean, Dungeons and Dragons is on Stranger Things. You know, you have a shirt for Stranger Things on. Like Dungeons and Dragons has infiltrated popular culture people know what it is people who but, don't know anything about yeah. dungeons and dragons know the name dungeons and dragons even even to this day when someone says dungeons and dragons to me one of the first thing that comes to mind is like alignment arguments okay now see there you go that like, that's something that i can fixate on that like, to me is quintessentially dungeons and dragons that's no that's a very good one nowhere yeah. else are you gonna bitch about alignment with somebody for like two hours <laughs> while the game is going on yeah like having this conversation with your buddy about like why being a racist is not like yeah a, yeah not like a good thing like yeah like it's where like, where your friend your friend is literally telling you that he's playing lawful good and you're like no you are clearly lawful evil and he's like no i am lawful good and it's really just a matter of opinion on some level yeah it, it right? is it's, it's there's weird. There's so much nuance in there where it's like you you will bounce between lawful good and not lawful neutral, lawful neutral, <laughs> yeah. lawful evil pretty regularly. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's hard to to do the alignment thing, and I think that speaks to alignment. Alignment is such a spectrum. It's that nine box. It's just you know where are right. you in this nine box, and you're not always going to occupy a corner of. Oh well, yeah, square. no one does. Even as a per- if you, if you even like like extrapolate that to real life, right? Like. No, you can't put anyone in any one given spot there and be like, that's where that person is. But, but what's interesting is that there are other games that have alignments, but they don't have the controversy that, that Dungeons & Dragons does. And you could probably say it's because I, the Dungeons & Dragons system is very poor in terms of its alignment, uh, but it is also sort of a quintessential Dungeons & Dragons experience yes. to sit there and, and fuck around with alignment. I, I think that most games you see with alignments don't have... I mean, there's like a solid codification in the in the Dungeons and Dragons alignments that doesn't necessarily exist in most of their games with alignments. I guess my question: like a lot of them tend to fall like a little more hazy than Dungeons and Dragons. I'd say that the ones in Dungeons and Dragons are hazy, which is why they're problems. There's because there's no way you know you get these guys who 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 think that they are good people, right? And then you have to argue with them and tell them like, no, your values as a human being in this game are evil, and they don't want to hear it. See, I kind of, I kind of enjoy that though. I kind of like that aspect of it. I think it's fun. I mean, I guess my qu- we all troll. have kept coming back to Dungeons and Dragons over the years, right? Yeah, it's true. Sure. So why do we do it? Why haven't we abandoned it in favor of something else? You, you see, and for me, I love Dungeons and Dragons. I have so much fun playing Dungeons and Dragons and occupying the space of Dungeons and Dragons. Going through a, in any edition, like I loved all the editions. You know, I I've been a unrepentant uh, fourth edition advocate mm. for a while and i had a blast playing fourth edition everybody else can't do serious role playing fourth edition and i'm like well i had a shit ton of fun playing it one of the, one of my favorite characters sebastian black was a tiefling uh star packed warlock i played in fourth edition and he was amazing he was so much fun to play i'm sorry dude you're wrong you didn't have fun yeah all right <laughs> you did not enjoy that yeah you, no, you, no fun for adam you were mistaken yeah. it's just you thought that, you were that was the alcohol you talking buddy alcohol talking the alcohol is always talking. So. Okay, okay. Here's the thing. So I was listening to a podcast on the way home from work in the car when I when this came to my mind, right? 
I like the pantomime there, by the way. So oh, yeah. Know. yeah, yeah. I, I, I put me right in the hack. Like yeah. driving. Okay, yeah. so um, <laughs> I've listened to a lot of uh, of uh, Jason Cordova's podcasts. If you guys out there in podcast world like haven't heard of Jason Cordova and his, his like just uh, superlative uh, podcasts, uh, The Gauntlet and Fear of a Black Dragon and um, Discern Realities. I Fear highly, of a Black Dragon is a great pun. It isn't, isn't that it? That is such a great it pun. Is. Uh, you should, you gotta get out there and you gotta start listening to these podcasts. Anyway, so I was listening to an old episode of, I think, Discern Realities on the way home or maybe The Gauntlet, I can't remember. And uh, he was talking about about story games and like what differentiates story games from what they're calling trad games, right? And he says... The thing that he likes about story games is that the designers think about what the experience is and then they come up with mechanics to create that experience rather than just coming up with like a very complex series of conflict resolution rules and then applying a genre to it. Right. Right. OGL. And so so I was thinking to myself, well, what is exactly the, the, the quintessential... Dungeons and Dragons experience. What is inside of that? Because we, because like you were saying, it, Adam, like uh, our idea, our concept of what Dungeons and Dragons is, is so caught up in like nostalgia and is so caught up in like the vastness of it, how big it is, and there's this kind of reflexive kind of urge that like, oh, role playing equals Dungeons and Dragons to a greater extent, right? Right. But when you get down to its core. I feel like Dungeons and Dragons almost kind of sold the farm a few years ago and they made a huge fucking mistake with that OGL thing because oh they, in three five what they did is they essentially sold the farm they did they which, they handed it over to Pathfinder Paizo they, they said like hey here you go they handed it over to everybody right like like to me the thing that really uh, and, I, and I'm happy Ben that you brought up the alignment thing because this, this did not occur to me but but the, the, to me the things if you just asked me a few minutes before you said that the defined Dungeons and Dragons, it's rolling a D twenty versus armor class, pairing a race with a class, and playing that rather than a character, hmm. and uh, making stupid saving throws that are like make no sense. They're just like completely arbitrary rolls hmm. versus you know that that is what is at the core of Dungeons and Dragons, and like the no the, the before all the OGL nonsense and the OSR nonsense. That was Dungeons and Dragons. Right. Like, aside from whatever other formula they had applied to resolving those things, those things were quintessential Dungeons and Dragons experiences. But at this point, there are literally hundreds of games. Do you feel like games. hit points fit in there as well? Cause, no, because no, there's hit points everywhere. Yeah. Hit points all over the fucking place. Hmm. You know? But now but, but every game is How do you apply that, that to some of, the, like, some of the like quintessential Dungeons and Dragons settings like... Ravenloft or Dark Sun or I mean you don't really need the Dungeons and Dragons system to play those settings. You don't. You can uh, you don't you know? need the Dungeons and Dragons system to play any setting. Exactly. You can play Greyhawk without it. Exactly. I guess the thing is when I look at role playing games, when someone comes to me and they pitch me a fantasy game and they say, "Hey, we're going to run fantasy game X." Uh, my question is always okay, why are we running that? Because Dungeons & Dragons is the biggest. It's the one everybody knows. My question in the back of my mind is always, why are we running this instead of Dungeons & Dragons? What does this game offer Dungeons & Dragons doesn't? Because Dungeons & Dragons is the grandfather of them all. So it's like, why why do I want to play 
um, Shadow of the Demon Lord instead of Dungeons and Dragons? Why do I want to play 13th Age instead of Dungeons and Dragons? Why do I want to play Lamentations instead of Dungeons and Dragons? And there's answers to all of those. Sure. But I feel like you have to... It, you almost have to, before you start playing one of those games, justify to your players, this is why we're not doing Dungeons and Dragons. See, this is why we're playing this other game. The, the spot where I am at with role-playing right now is the reverse of that, which is if somebody sat down and said, oh, I want to run fucking Curse of Stride, mm-hmm. I'd be like, sweet, what are we playing it with? And they'd be like, Dungeons and Dragons, obviously silly. And I'd be like, oh, man, really? There's like, we could run that with like anything. Right. We gotta do that. Do we gotta have like a tiefling and a dragonborn and uh, a prestige classes and that and the, the map do we got to do it you well, know? what if they're like AD&D we're doing AD&D would you be like okay no I'd probably be like that fucking sucks I want to do Thacko fuck that no, shit <laughs> I don't want to fucking do that see I would happily I would happily play and or run Curse of Strahd it's just because it, like I said it presupposes a certain heroic mindset with Dungeons and Dragons yeah and so I'd be happy doing either. Like I, yeah, I, you know, I got tomb of annihilation recently. I'd be happy running that too. And it's one of those things where I'm looking at, I'm just like, are these, you know, am I going to run these anytime soon? And, and if I did, what would be the context for running them? Um, but I would love to run a dungeons and dragons game because I will say I have not played or run a single fifth edition game since it came out. That's sad, dude. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really it's a few depressing. Years old now. It yeah. isn't like it's like some new thing anymore. And the thing was, know? I bought a ton of it when it came out, thinking I'm gonna, I'm gonna have so much fun with this. Run the shit out of that. Yeah, and then I have done nothing with oh, it because I'm a sad shit. man. I had a complete collection of D and D five for a little while, and I'm like four or five books behind now. I'm seriously like. If I wanted to catch up, it'd be like two hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, see, I like I never got Sword Coast Adventures Guide. I never got the Out of the Abyss stuff. I net like I am I I started getting into it. I bought the three core books, then I started getting that Adventure Path, the Dragon Horde of the Dragon Queen Adventure Path, which is I gotta say the weakest one. Yeah, it's terrible, and and I it broke me. Like I started reading the first one, and I got about halfway through it, and I just I don't want to run this. I don't want to play it. I put it away, and I when Curse of Strahd came out, I got that. When Tomb of Annihilation came out, I got that. And then when the Volos Guide to Monsters came out, I got that. But honestly, I have I cracked Volos, but I haven't read it. And it's designed to just be read. You know, it's like it's a fun that's how immersion looks, yeah. type I, of book. And I'm just like I I'm probably not gonna read this. I think I own two fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons books. I think I own the core book and the Player's Guide. And I really only got. Those. What do you mean the core book? Whatever the basic book is. The, the player's, player's guide, guide is the core what? book. Okay, I, oh, the you play- mean Sword Coast. You got Sword Coast Sword Adventures. Coast player, yeah, oh, you, you got... So, see, I, that's one I don't no, have. No, I, I, don't I have got Sword those Coast. two basically to facilitate playing when we were gonna we were playing, and that was about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, see, I really don't give a shit. No one I, I know is doing anything with it. Like, is Amanda, is Warlord Amanda doing anything with it? I don't well, know. She has my copy, so... Yeah, see, I'm not doing anything with it. You're not doing anything with it. Like, none of us are. We haven't touched it. I think she used it at Comic-Con, or... Phoenix Comic Con, she ran a session of it. Okay, well, that doesn't really count. Like, I'm talking about, like, designing, like, creating a campaign. Is anybody sure. running a campaign or running one of these these adventures and not just a one-off? I mean, and I, I can't answer that. On Instagram, I follow, like, a billion people who are who are doing a lot. Yeah, there's a ton it. of people out there who are but, playing it. Like, uh, 
uh, DM Zemo and uh, and he's doing AD and D. Oh, wait, you know, you're you're no, right. He's he does doing, he does fifth. He's doing fifth, he's and then there's a Spelljammer to fifth. There's a bunch of other people who are doing. There's a bunch of other people on there yeah. who are doing a ton of great stuff with it. And I look at him like, oh, that looks really cool. And I'm like, I'm not gonna do anything with it. Yeah. I was like, it's, it's a totally unrelated to it. I was looking at a, the collection of Spelljammer stuff on like on eBay, and I was like, and what was that going for? I, I don't recall. It was I recall. It wasn't like it wasn't like I was like you know so pricey that I couldn't afford it or anything. I was like I was like, would I ever do anything with this? Because it sounds kind of fun, dude. Spelljammer is the shit. Spelljammer's fun. Dark Sun's fun. Like oh, I'd I, love to run a Dark Sun campaign. There's a collection of forty right Dark Sun book eBay again for Dark Sun that I'm keep looking at. Is it the AD and D one or the yeah? yeah. yeah. Okay, because I never Two got that one, but I had the full of like. Full of like all the other materials. It looks so good. The fourth ed one was a lot of fun too. I just I never got it. To, like I started playing it with people and then it fell apart about I mean, two sessions in. I only have the basic one. I have like a torn apart book from back in the day where I had the basic box set book is all I have left. Of the, but I gotta it, say, like the Brahm art uh, on yeah. the old set was superlative. Yes. Like I, it, I don't think you can top it. It was so good. See, I yeah. would I would play Dark Sun if if there was like an OSR hack for it. And then I could like get some of the books and like flip through them for art and inspiration and shit. But I do not, dude. After running the Castle Ravenloft fucking uh, module man for just a few hours, I just wanted to kill myself because, dude, Thacko Thacko sucks. Yeah, Thacko does suck. I, I had a lot. Yeah, I hate I Thacko so much. It's I hate I hate hit dice on monsters the way that like hit it doesn't actually tell you how many hit points the monster <laughs> yeah. has it just doesn't mean how many hit die they so have. dumb <laughs> you're just like what <laughs> just <laughs> like, give me what? a number and then you and then you have to go find a table and yeah. then you have to look on the table to see what kind of die you're rolling then you roll the dice and yeah just like Jesus yeah this fuck. is such a pain why am I doing this yeah but it used to be like uh, the way everything was done you know like it was the how. We ran games back in the day. Yeah, yeah at a certain yeah, point, I really do lame. feel like you know, it's hey, if the, you want your players to fight a monster, have them fight that monster. Like it doesn't, it doesn't really yeah, matter. Yeah, that's that's the that's the James Reggie approach that I completely appreciate. Where he's he's like, yeah. he, you know, you don't really need a monster manual. Just have have stuff fight them. That's <laughs> that's better than because because we got into this thing, Ben, of hmm. the like the sort of like the dungeon taxidermist guy, you know, the dungeon, the, the supernatural explorer guy who's like so hyper aware of, you know, the player who's so hyper aware of what the stats are for the, for the monsters that there was no kind of sense of wonder danger at all, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, that can definitely be incredibly frustrating when you have a player at your table who is a walking encyclopedia of stats and everything else where you're going, well, Oh, guys, we have target. It's reflex. Okay. That's all right. That's fine, I guess. What if he uh, couches it in different ways? Like, this monster yeah, doesn't move yeah. so fast. Yeah, but if I'm... I I have a problem when I'm not the one who's who's seeding that in, you know what I mean, as the DM, if I'm not seeding that into them yet, where I'm just, oh, yeah, you cross a hill and you see this thing, and then they... Okay, well, this is what we need to do. You, you get into that whole thing, like, it is D&D Shadowrun? Do you need to go into every encounter with a plan? The fact of the matter is, though, is like on some level, everybody's backstory in D and D is what the fuck ever they want, right? Like, like any given time, especially in like classic AD and D, where like skills really didn't matter. You weren't making skill tests all the well, time to do you shit. You know, the way I remember like, playing D and D, I know is it. You didn't have fucking backstories. You were just like, oh, I'm so and so, the paladin, and yeah. I'm and what, like, what's your backstory? 
My backstory is that I worship the good god. Yeah. You know, I like worship Herodias. Yeah. yeah, but then, but then, oh. but by that same token, when someone when somebody comes up and you knew what it was, you could just be like, "Oh yeah, charge of the whatever." Well, that's remember, one of the things about it, though, because early Masquerade, I remember be that being the case too, where somebody we we would sit down to play, somebody, "Oh, I'm a Ventru." Right. Oh, okay, and that was all they'd have for their character. I'm a Ventru. Oh, I'm a Bruja. We hate each other. Yeah. You know. Oh, I'm a Gangrel. I'm gonna ride uh, my motorcycle around and be a loner and be all moody the whole time. And, and my name is Cash. Yeah, you just you have <laughs> oh, you Cash. have these <laughs> archetypes in these games that that work that way. And I don't necessarily know that's a bad thing. I think that's just a sign of immature role playing. And I, I remember uh, Adam Salee had this. Uh, character in a Ravenloft game I was playing in once sure. a long time ago, a million year, fucking years ago. And uh, his his character's name was Yakmar the Yak Man. And he had mm. a he had a, a yak. That was his like his like steed was a yak, right? <laughs> and that was probably the most like backstoried character in that whole party. I can't remember anything else. That sounds stupid. That he defined his character entirely by the animal companion his character had. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. What kind of asshole would do that? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that guy. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, you know, you know, you know. What's funny too is I'm thinking back to all the classic times we played Dungeons and Dragons back in the day, and all the games that like I wasn't necessarily in, but I hear about. You know, I heard about back in the day. Um, and and you were talking about cooperation, mm-hmm. and that's just what I remember did not happen in Dungeons and Dragons. Well, back that's in the because day. we were a bunch of like <laughs> young guys who might as well have been like wearing, you know, who is John Galt T-shirts, you know? Like, or like, oh just, no, that we're is just gonna no we're just gonna way. get into everybody's <laughs> face no, all the I, time. I reject that. There was I, definitely I there was definitely a vein oh. in that group of everybody getting into everybody's face. My you know, like, favorite, I'm the smart one by here. far, by far. <laughs> okay, my favorite AD and D story. By far, and, and uh, any of the games I played in or didn't play in, my favorite story, I was not involved in, and it was that infamous game at Chris Horseman's the with with, with you as the barbarian, I think. No, the Heiligman was the barbarian. Or Heiligman was the barbarian. I was a pirate. You were a pirate. And Aaron was a necrobitzer. Yes. And yes. Uh, for some reason, Aaron wanted like uh, Ben Heiligman's armor that he couldn't use because it was yeah, worth money. Look. look. He didn't actually want the armor. He no, no, he wanted, wanted to, to. He yeah. just wanted to flex on, on exactly. Heidegman. That's exactly. all he wanted to do. And so he's going to flex on him through this game. And uh, he came up with some retarded system on the fly he, to try and goes, steal you were quest- he, And you were questioning my characterization of all of us at that age <laughs> just goes, a moment ago. He goes, he goes, he goes, oh, uh, I'm going to make a charisma check to um to to convince you to give me your armor, Ben. And then he like just, and then he rolls a die and goes, I succeed. And like, Salih <laughs> is sitting there, the GM, and he's just like, ugh. <laughs> you know, as this, as this character just takes, takes over his game from within. We yeah, all played with people like that. <laughs> and then Ben Alleyman said something like, fuck you, and like stabbed Sorry, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the no. eye. No, I stabbed him in the yeah. eye. Oh, you I did? I stabbed okay. him in the eye because he, because, because, uh... You were all dead with my zombies kid here. Because he would, the, the, the necromancer had a scythe was his, like, chosen weapon or some shit. Okay. And I was like, he ain't gonna be able to hit me with that if he has no depth, depth perception. So I, yeah, like, stabbed him, him in the <laughs> eye. And uh, I'm like, you now, I, then I turned to the GM because I figured at this point that we were all just making up our own rules <laughs> yeah. and dictating them to the GM. And I'm like, so it's a lot harder for him to hit me now, right? And he just goes, no. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, well, whatever. You guys fair. are all dead with my zombies get here. Yeah. <laughs> What's it gonna be like six rounds from now? Yeah, exactly. Wow. Okay. Now that we've gone down that tangent and thoroughly explored but, it, but that's the type of shit I remember from back in the day. Honestly. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I'll take Adam's point that we were kids and that you know we were like 
as all children are, like growing into our consciousnesses and like borderline sociopaths or whatever. But um, I, I, I just reject the idea that we were wearing John Galt t-shirts. <laughs> Maybe that's a little far, but we were definitely uh, aware of our own self-interest at that time and aggressively pursuing it. Mm. But it's, yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's, that's I, was, I, was, I will be the first to admit that I was a real prick. Yeah, I was a t- like I, I have told people I feel like I should go back in time and apologize to everyone I knew and interacted with from the age of eighteen to twenty four because really I was such time, an asshole. Yeah, I'm sitting here right now, buddy. No. Oh, sorry, man. You can just you can really just go up to them now, Adam, and just apologize now. I could, but I'd just be kind of like walking over, and be like, "Hey, yeah, sorry for uh, all of the everything I was back then." I mean, I'm not much better now, but at least I'm aware of it. I've 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 actually like had a few few opportunities to to make uh uh amends in this fashion and i and i will say that it, it's a mixed bag when you do oh definitely wait, wait, some wait, people wait, wait, are just wait, wait, like wait. you're an asshole fuck yeah, you pretty and, much. What, yeah it's pretty it, much and definitely it, it's worse if you try to go back to like ex-girlfriends and have that interaction <laughs> that is um oh man that does not go well if i'm rpg everybody anyway so okay We'll, we'll, we'll table this for another time. I'll come back to this one. <laughs> what have we been up to, guys? What have we been up to gaming-wise? I have been building my Death Watch, guys, for Warhammer 40K because I just love Death Watch. I don't know if I ever plan on doing anything with them. I was playing Shadow War for a hot minute. I realized orcs are basically unplayable and suck uh, shooty armies for the win in that game. Um, and so I disagree, but the shooty armies. Oh, really? Like I had no luck slogging my little orcs across the table. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. Like the Chaos Marines are particularly shooty. They're not, but they're so tough that they're they're hard to hurt. But my guys just they. All you have to do is take out three of them, and I'm making checks against Leadership Seven not to fall off of the table. And so, you know, if you're playing anyone other than Chaos Marines, you can't do that walk across the table. Shooty armies are Harlequins are hard to play against. Harlequins, yeah. Well, those are the top two in the meta <laughs> are Harlequins and Chaos Space Marines. Yeah. And yeah, I have both just, those. Yeah. Just by luck of being me. I can't play. <laughs> I just I can't make Space Orcs work. They just don't and much like, like in third edition when I played them in 40k third edition, I can't make them work. They just don't work. You, so. you know you know what? Um it's kinda like the crow about like, you know, Everybody gets a second chance or something. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex is running uh, a uh, once a month Rogue Trader game at his house. Like, there you go. Like for real, the Rogue Trader. Now you're invited if you if you want to come try and and th- 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 at this point they really are space orcs. In fact, they're not even they're not even space orcs. They're freebooters with a right. Z. Yeah. Freebooters. Freebooters. Yeah. So so if you want to come play some freebooters. Uh. You're, there's a spot at the table for you. There you uh, go. Alex has got the book. He's so and dude, I was looking at the book. It was over his house. It is so crazy. Why are it you is, looking at the book over his house? Don't you have a copy? Well, no, because no, the Free Booters book. Oh, there, the there, Free Booters book. Yeah, okay. there's there's yeah. an actual there's an actual book for it. That's that's essentially like a proto army book. Okay. And I mean, it has like all these crazy units in it. Like there's all this shit that just doesn't exist anymore. And I can totally see why like all the sort of like old crusties get like misty eyed for Rogue Trader because like that 40k has just changed so i miss much. the old school orcs who were completely random because uh, when in fantasy like back when i was playing fantasy orcs 
orcs were random. We got, they, we their got magic lot. would sometimes kill their own guys. It we, would do weird stuff. We got a lot more of that in fantasy than we did in 40k. We really missed the boat on the random 40k orc stuff. We did. Because that sort of changed after second edition. Mm-hmm. It's true. And, and we really picked back up in third edition, right? But in fantasy, we got in during fifth. And fifth was sort of the tail end of that of the crazy orc shit, and that was where we got all of it essentially. Right, but so, yeah. Anyway, Death Watch. Like I've, I've been building Death Watch because they have characterful models, and I like the way they look, and I think they're kind of neat. Um, well, that Death Guard book comes out this weekend. It does, and I got one on pre-order. Nice. So I'll be picking I that have shit the Dark up. Imperium set, so I'll probably put that stuff together at some point, just because it looks pretty easy to paint. Honestly, like if yeah, you're gonna yeah. paint the Ultramarines. Oh, I can base coat you and I can slap stuff down. If you're going to paint Nurgle, I can base coat you the Nurgle green and I can slap a wash on you and then I can pick out some details and you're a table-ready force. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the thing is I was working really hard on a Dark Elder army and I just realized I'm never going to finish it. It's like right. never going to happen. It's I, like I, people I, I who paint Harlequins, I give a lot of credit to because I would go insane painting all those little tiny checks on them. I'm, I'm playing good. Harlequins in the Rogue Trader game, so I'm going to actually, I'm going to, oh, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm not going to get all that all crazy You're, with that. I, I understand that you've been given pictures as guidelines for how you should paint them. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what about you, Ben? What you got going? Uh, okay, what you, so. What you playing, buddy? Well, uh, we're about to play Vampire again this weekend, I believe, right? That is been correct. A, we've been on break, and since we've been on break, we haven't really got a lot of gaming in. However, we've, it's not like we've left the sort of universe of gaming. Um, I've been involved in like uh, writing my own game quite quite heavily this last month. Um, and then beyond that, you know, I, I picked up a, a preview of Brendan's game that was pretty sweet. Oh, um, yeah. Well, we'll get to that in just a second. Yeah. Uh, and, you know been reading reading uh blades in the dark for preparation to run it soon so yeah i mean i guess it's kind of a dismal front on uh what we've been doing because i haven't been running anything either like i haven't run giovanni since we got back from gen con and at gen con i ran five sessions of v5 pre-alpha playtest which is now available from White Wolf and you know, any old buddy who wants to rusted that veins, thing. it's out there. Yeah, rusted veins. If you want to check that out and give it a look, see, um, we have a uh, we have that like lost Shadow Sworn episode that we're probably gonna just gonna file away with the other lost episodes. The uh, the lost werewolf episode, the lost Ravenloft episode. <laughs> it will be apocrypha. <laughs> we'll go with the uh, lost uh, <laughs> rusted veins episode, and maybe we'll someday do like a CD or something so you can like listen to it at home and like hear like the least least worst of the least hot takes <laughs> uh, it's, it's pretty much is the worst of it's it's not the least worst of it's the worst of it's, it's yeah it's not our best moments it's not our best moments none of those episodes <clears throat> anyways so yeah uh we get back on the horse with giovanni chronicles this weekend and i'm looking forward to getting around the table and finishing that up at last at last at which point the um direction of the uh Giovanni group is going to come into question because hmm. there's a lot of people who last time we were talking they still wanted to play Giovanni but at this point I'm kind of feeling like uh, maybe kind of backing away from like White Wolf properties for a hot minute I kind of want to I kind of want to get some space in between me and White Wolf and what's going on with White Wolf so that when fifth comes out i'll be able to look at it at least fresh and new and it won't be like this weird kind of identity struggle 
where it's like, how does the game affect me as a person? You know, it'll just be a game. It'll just be a game. Okay. I won't have all these, like, it won't be all these like stakes riding on it. I, see, you know? I feel like it's going to be like running across like an extra lover somewhere where you're just going to kind of like see each other at the, at the grocery store, you know, <laughs> and be like, oh, hey, yeah. how's it going? Like, it's, it'll be kind of weird and awkward. Uh, you'll you'll be like oh so that's hairdressing now yeah you're with this guy huh yeah, yeah. how's that going see honestly that's sort of how I already feel that's like that's really like, how I've gotten with yeah. it too where I'm oh. just kind of like oh all right that's where you're going this all is right. what you're into now gross yeah. you guys just sound like you had a really bad breakup like, like we did it's yeah like I remember where you were, when you were into cool art and now this is what you're doing yeah. yep. yeah, this is all right well hey yeah well, we had a bad know. breakup we're gonna write a song about it like Taylor Swift. It's gonna be it's gonna whole be pretty album great. About it. Whole album about it, yeah. We're it's, it's, we're gonna do that whole bad blood thing and So so I guess with that, is anybody collecting anything good right now? What's what have you guys picked up recently? I've picked up a fucking butt ton of stuff. I man. have too. Like, I spent too much money. Fucking outrageous, dude. I'll just kinda make a list really quick. I got Coriolis. Mm. Stoked about that. I got fucking the Whispering Vault, that plus a uh, screen for it. When I was at Gen Con, I got Ninja Crusade Second Edition, which I'm pretty hyped on, and a couple source books for that. And the um, creator, uh, we're going to try and have him on the show at some nice. point. Nice. Um, he was a great guy. No, he really was. And uh, we, we met a lot of people who we're going to attempt to have on the show. So, um, you know, here's hopes for that going into the future. Um, one of those was James Ragey. We met James Ragey, so we're kind of yeah. hoping that we're going to be able to get him on the show at some point. Uh, what else have I have I picked up recently? Oh, you know what? You can tell I've been listening to Jason Cordova's superlative Fear of the Black Dragon podcast because what, what the way that that podcast works, and I highly, highly, highly recommend it to anybody who's into OSR or just into podcasts, just just D and D podcasts. He and his partner on that show, Tom something, they um. Every episode, they go through a module, and they talk about it on a number of different levels, like like what's the basic run-through, what are some things you could do to make it better, this kind of stuff, right? And there's, I think there's been four episodes, and I've bought two of the modules that listens to on there. I bought uh, Death Frost Doom for a Lamentations game I'm going to be running soon, and I bought Sailors on the Starless Sea, which is a DCC module. But um, I am going to mod it to uh, LOTFP for that same campaign. So um, that's all stuff that I'm looking forward to. Uh, also, I got, you know, Alex was, was very kind, and he picked me. He he bought me a copy of Road Trader while we were at Gen Con. So um, we'll soak to get started on that. What about you guys? You guys get anything good lately? Go for it. So I picked up uh, Omega Zone, which is a fate, fate version of Gamma World because um, yeah. I really like Gamma World. So there's a, a book and a, a set of cards that use for character generation for that. It's very random, just like Gamma World is. Gamma World, we sure. rolled on a table. This is you pull the cards. Um, I got that. I got the. I finally got the player's kit for um, I Am Zombie. So I have that, and it's rad and cool as hell. I got a bunch of Lamentation stuff. I got uh, Kershetto, which is really good. Oh, I want that. Yeah, I got that. And then I got... Um, uh, scenic Dunsmith. I got the Vornheim. I got Red and Pleasant Land. I haven't dug into any of those yet. Um, I've been getting into my uh, um, 13th Age stuff I got in preparation to run some of that. Um, 
and then what this thirteenth age that you're talking about sounds so fucking cool. After you explained it to me the other day mm-hmm. when Richard was over hanging out, yeah, it's now, a really interesting game. It it's, just sounds fucking amazing. Yeah, based on your pitch. I, yeah, so there are these lords, and you align yourself with one of them, and then you you can pick a class. and And one of the great mechanics of it is you get to you get to name one unique thing about your character. So you can be like, oh, I'm the only uh, you know dwarf dragon rider. Uh, that has ever been or ever will be, you know. So you can pick a, a unique thing about your like character. Like in the world? Yeah. Oh, wow. So you can pick a unique thing about your character, and, and that becomes a, a fact in that world. And um, it just seems really interesting. It seems like a, a like a really fresh take on uh, the fantasy genre. So I, I'm looking forward to running it at some point. I think it's really neat. I think they're doing a lot of cool stuff Want to one of the neat things about it is in their 13th true ways book they actually have a player you know archetype in there who was one that i tried to play in dungeons and dragons who was a favorite character of mine in dungeons and dragons who i talked about earlier sebastian what, what, block what, what edition was that, that was, that you tried to play him in it was fourth edition but it didn't work right it worked fine it's just it's dungeons uh, and dragons doesn't yeah. let you role play you know <laughs> dungeons and dragons in general doesn't let you role play that type of character where you're essentially this insane servant of these extra planar entities um but I'm yeah i'm breaking your balls i know i i hear you balls. i hear you it's it's fun i i'm looking forward to running 13th age at some point so i have that and then there's i don't even know there's a bunch of shadows yeah, of esther and stuff i need yeah. to get through at some point <laughs> and i need to run that and i and oh, that's going to be a whole thing because there's i got this um book they gave me at gen con when i was talking to to one of the developers on it uh and it's it's just recipes like world appropriate recipes for shadows of hysteron and so at some point i want to run it and have these world appropriate recipes but they look like they are going to be something of a of a challenge to <laughs> to implement correctly especially Apologies. when uh, your group's cooking skills are through the floor oh yeah it's, I, i'm not any better than anyone else so it's it's french cuisine so we're gonna see how we I'd all do to bet like large amounts of money that you are better than me <laughs> this I, I would be i would be Given the fact that I know that you have more experience doing it than I do. Yeah. Ben, how many sticks of butter does it take to make a box of Kraft macaroni and cheese? Eight. <laughs> that's like that The scene more in, the better. That's like that scene in uh, 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 Arrested Development when she's all like, how much could banana cost? $10? <laughs> butter that's, is culinary that's, cheating. That's, I just, I don't even really feel like that's a fair question. <laughs> how about you, Ben? What you been all up right, to? All right, so... I've been going a little crazy. Um, you know, I started... I, I guess that I've been sort of focusing on a lot of cyberpunk stuff. I've been, like, really digging the genre lately, and I've been, like, trying to get more and more lately? stuff. Lately? Like the last 20 years? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Well, no, no, I'd say, I'd say, like, really Lately, last, going back to 1992. No, no, the last year, I've put a lot of, I put a lot of work into, like, into like collecting, collecting, like, old cyberpunk stuff. You know, really, probably in the last six months, I put a lot more in, right? Like so, I have nearly a full full collection now of the uh, twenty twenty. I th- I actually have a full collection of twenty twenty, except for the screen, the data screen. Says the screen. Mm. Yeah, and I'm missing, I'm missing the twenty thirteen box set. So, and then I have Cybergen, and I have most of three. I think. Already. I mean, we lived through twenty thirteen. So, do you really need that? 
I, you know, just to be a completist, you know how it is. Right. Kind of like, you know. We live in 2020 here in a minute. Doesn't yeah. mean you throw out the books. <laughs> but, yeah, I know. You but know, maybe that, we won't live through that. You know, the way things <laughs> yeah, are going, it might, we might not. On that note, <laughs> I've also. Tornadoes <laughs> might take care of that shit any day now. <laughs> Hurricanes. Also, uh, started with Underground, so. Oh, did you get some of that? I have about three or four books. Have you had a chance to look at it? I don't have the core book yet. The core book is uh, on its way to me, and it just hasn't arrived yet. Uh, when it arrives, then I'll crack it. Um, I feel that way about Colt. I like it's on the way to me <laughs> any day now. It will arrive. I still need to write those guys and it's talk to them. The way. I know I, it's yeah. not. That's what I'm telling myself. I was I was uh, pretty close to springing for a Colt collection on, on eBay. It was pretty close. A uh, second edition? It was actually a first and second edition the second edition, I think, is like only like three books, right? Right, yeah, it's very and, small. And it was almost like a full collection of first and then second on top of it. How much? Two twenty. Oh, that's ridiculous. Why didn't you? It's still on there. You can grab it. I don't have the money right now, or I would. Uh, yeah, I'm already like one eighty into the new cult, yeah. so I'm not gonna drop into just all two twenty on the old one. And I want to write them and still expand what I what I'm getting from them because I I uh, I want to expand to what you guys were getting after talking about it. Um, if you want to borrow any of it, I will loan it to you. <laughs> no, I want, like, I want like the fucking posters, and I want like the fucking, you know. Oh, like, I didn't get the it, posters. Have, have either one of you guys listened to this uh, podcast, Red Moon Role Playing? No, I've never. No. Have. It's a regrettable name for a podcast because it doesn't tell you what's going on. I guess maybe they're they're hoping to do multiple different campaigns or something. But right now they're doing an actual play of the Cult Divinity Lost. Uh, oh, you're talking about this, yeah. The Black, Black Madonna, Madonna yeah. is coming out, but they're playing the 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 Divinity Lost edition version of it. So yeah, because they put it on the cult, the backer page, and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it's up there. I just haven't listened to it. So, um, I've been listening to it, and uh, in terms of horror actual plays, I don't think I've ever heard a better one. Uh, okay. I think I've ever heard a better one. There's some moments that are a little bit kind of a li- like like I. I have a tough time with actual plays. I find actual plays a little bit cringe-inducing. There's a couple points when I was listening to this one and I wanted to kind of roll my eyes a little bit. However, this is from a guy who basically hates actual plays. And so that's how fucking good this thing is. It's really, really, really fucking good. And there's like five episodes out right now. That's a ringing endorsement. I would, I would, I would uh, check it out if I were you guys. It gets me, it gets my blood up for Colt. Even though they're saying See, December, but there's no way we're getting that. I, oh yeah, it may be December of 2018. That would be my best guess. <laughs> oh, oh, do you think that'd be nice? Maybe. Yeah. I'm not getting my hopes up. Anything's possible. Know. I don't know. I'm about to get like I think Red Mark's living early. They're supposed to be I think here probably around like November-ish, which is a month or so early from the December deadline they had, which is pretty cool. That's so funny that you still keep track of your Kickstarters. The only one I even look at is Cult Divinity Lost. No, no, I, the rest I, of them are just like money that's gone. Honestly, I didn't really keep track of it. I just got an email the other day and I found out. Oh, that's pretty so, nice. Yeah. I look at the emails. If they don't broadcast emails, I don't bother checking. Yeah, I gotta say, I, I do read those emails. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And there's a couple of Kickstarters I'm supporting right now, too. Um, Speaking of the Kickstarter emails, the new stuff coming out from Beneath looks rad as shit. Oh, so rad. Oh, that looks true. so yeah. good. Yeah, I was talking to Justin about it just this morning, to be totally honest. And that um, fucking monster manual uh, mm. is going to be sweet. Yeah, there's been some really just kind of disturbing illustrations that yeah. have been sent my way where I'm like, oh man, that looks so neat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish I had my phone in here. I can't remember. I think he might have said that he was going to send us a manuscript. 
to review. Oh, that sounds awesome. If, 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 if he if does, I'm going to leave this Justin, in here. And definitely if, do, because I'd love to review your stuff well, like we if, did last time. If he didn't say that, then I'm not going to leave it in. Gonna cut yeah, it just out. cut it out. Now I'm cutting it all out. So. Yeah, <laughs> let's <laughs> cut everything out. You can say whatever cutting, you want now. We're cutting <laughs> Ben <laughs> out of this, this podcast entirely. Oh, my gosh. What else, so what else is going on? All right, yeah, so the next point is we've got Full Metal RPG's got a couple new initiatives. We got some true. stuff going Pretty on. We got plans sweet. working. For yeah. once, for once, things and doings. Full, full Metal RPG is not just sitting on its hands, fucking belly aching, and telling everybody else like why they suck. For once, we're actually putting our fucking you know, goddamn fat in the fryer. Yeah, and now you're going to be able to tell us why us. we suck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're going to see just what hacks we are. What, what complete paper men? <laughs> yeah. Just, just. It's it, going to be like that Wicker Man movie. I'm going to be Nicolas Cage. You're going to be dumping bees on my head, and I'm not like, the ah, bees. Not the bees. It's going to um, be great. I can't wait for it. I'm super excited to have just my 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 already tenuous grasp on my self-esteem stripped further away. Yeah, yeah. So uh, who wants to highlight the first of those initiatives? Who wants to highlight the first of those initiatives? I'll take uh, I'll take the gaming club. We'll talk about that. Well, it's your gaming club, Ben. Why don't you tell yeah. us all about yeah. it? Yeah. That's yeah. you, buddy. So, you know, I was thinking back to like when, when I was a wee lad learning how to play role-playing games. And um, it struck me that, that uh, you know, I used to have a cool club at the game store that we'd go to and, like, meet, like, Friday nights. Shut the fuck up, Adam. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> we'd have this cool club we'd meet and, like... I just air-quoted cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, we'd, we'd... It's how I learned all these new games were out there. Before, all I really knew was Dungeons & Dragons, you know, and then... And then I, I got introduced to a bunch of different games. It was a lot of fun, um, but it was really like a lot of a lot of. Uh, it was older people who'd been in the hobby for a long time who were introducing all of us into it. It was, yeah. And so that's what I wanted to do, uh, sort of on that level. And so Fullman RPG is going to start a gaming club at Game Depot and in Tempe, um, Arizona. Yeah, we're gonna first time we're gonna run is uh, in October, twice a month. Friday. October thirteenth. Yes. Oh, Friday the thirteenth. <laughs> no, the the inaugural the inaugural uh, session we'll have with uh, Brendan running a game, Adam running a game, and myself running a game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brendan, you've decided on. Uh, I'm gonna be doing Lamentations of the Flame Princess. I'll be bringing my my. Um, I'm gonna be bringing like a mix of things, like okay. uh, a campaign that I originally started writing when I was living in Los Angeles under the the hopes of turning it into a zine or like self-publishing as a module or something. It was called the Rotting Throne Campaign. And in a, I think over some cons, like maybe some some scenes from that have been have been run here and there. But I'm gonna be supplementing it greatly with like. Zach S material and some other stuff that I've heard about via the gauntlet and those other, those other kind of podcasts. But, um, I'm like super stoked to just do some like very basic, but also grim, uh, fantasy role playing, just like, like old school fantasy, grim role playing. Yeah. And Adam, you were running 13th age. I decided I'm going to put my skin in the game and run 13th age. I've talked a lot about it and how much I like it. So I figure it's probably time to, to run a game of it and see how it holds up in the real world. Right on. I have settled on blades in the dark. I'm going to run blades in the dark. It'll be the first time I have run a PBTA game. 
Though I have been told it's not true PPTA. Right, yeah. But that's, that's, uh, the, that's the question. Is it true true PPTA? Are we are we now at the point where we're arguing the purity of powered by the apocalypse? Where oh, it's oh, oh we're there, dude. You're, oh, that's hey, so hey, obnoxious. Adam, let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. Is is the internet still around? <laughs> yeah. Let me check it real is. quick to see if the internet's still here. Oh, it is. Yeah. I just so. I feel like these are such academic arguments. Like just Love the stuff you love. I, you don't need I to shit all over everybody else's people, stuff. Which is why I'm going to run Shadow uh, Blades in the Dark. I think it's a sweet game. Um, have fun. It's really interesting that um, given the opportunities to run basically whatever, we all chose to run fantasy games. So, so the interesting, the interesting thing is, is that it's not Blades in the Dark was not my first choice. My first choice was actually I Am Zombie. I wanted to run I Am Zombie. Yeah, I was told uh, to keep yeah. it PG-13 soft R, which yeah. is why I went for a fantasy game. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to be able to run my Gamma World game or, you know, any one of the other games I might like to run as a PG-13 soft R type of game. Yeah, I I think I could, like, yeah, I Am Zombie's going to be too hard to do that way. And then beyond that, the fact that... The you fact could. That, like, even it's if, just going to be neutered. Even if these kids like it, it's really hard to get a hold of. Yeah, that's that's the biggest problem, I think, with I Am Zombie is so. that it's kind of... It's right. Like, where, where do you direct somebody to get it? Especially when you're we're running it at a game, game store. store. So the idea is you can take them out to the shelves and go, here is the game that we're playing right now on the shelf. There right. it is if you want to buy it, which is why I want to run 13th Age because it's there. I've seen it. I can go, hey, you can buy it right now. And you can the dark. Same with Lamentations. That's it was really it, it came down to Coriolis or Lamentations and um as fun as Coriolis sounds, like I know Lamentations and I've done a lot with it. And Nobody I, went with Polaris. Huh? Nobody did Polaris. Nobody did, ran it or bought it? No, nobody Nobody decided to run it or bought no. it, I guess. We <laughs> yeah. don't want to do like Sequest I, DSV I the don't, game. I do not have <laughs> Polaris. I've heard quite a bit of good stuff about it. I've heard it's good. Yeah. I, I would just be tempted up. to run it as like Roy Schneider and all that stuff. And I'd be more doing like the Michael Ironside. Oh, okay, yeah. There you go. That's another <laughs> solid way to go. <laughs> Other things. You're on a living ship. No. <laughs> what? Uh-huh. Huh? No one likes Sequest. No one. It was like bad Star Trek. <laughs> now we got to go fight. Dude, I um tried to put it on like a year or so ago with Heather. Like I was like, I was like, oh, babe, have you ever seen Sequest? And she's like, no. And I like turned it on and I was in like, seriously, we got like 15 minutes into it. And we were just like, I mean, this is fucking terrible. Yeah. It's unwatchable. <laughs> this is, it's the same thing we're learning with Forever Night. Our memories of the things that we loved yeah. do not equal the things wait, wait, that we loved. No, you actually had a memory true. of loving Sequest? I had a memory of enjoying watching Sequest when I was younger, when, when and I had a memory of enjoying watching Forever Night when I was younger, and then I found out so, young Adam had terrible taste. When Sequest was new, I tuned in every single week to see oh, yeah. every single uh-huh. episode. Really? Yeah. I, I guess I was alone and not, not uh, tuning in. Dude, I used to watch like group Deep here. Space Nine every week, but too. But that's the thing, I dude, did, too. Is I used to equate uh, Sequest and Deep Space Nine as being like the same in terms right. of suckiness, but they are not. They are not, no. Like, Deep Space Nine is like 10 billion Actually, times better. Up pretty well, yeah. yeah it's yeah. not bad. You like can, you can watch it as a show. You know, if you want right. to watch a TV show, just you cut can out do all that. those like annoying like in the fucking roundabout or like uh, like all the like Promenade. the Jake Cisco. Anytime, shows, like, anytime the Defiant fine, shows up, just skip that episode because the I, Defiant is you'll bullshit. You'll be skipping a lot of the yeah. Man, the Defiant's bullshit. The, I think the Defiant shows up in like season two. Yeah, or something, and, and it's then, the, like, the most Mary Sue of the Mary Sueiest ships ever. 
Oh, it, it has shields that can't be that can't be <laughs> penetrated, and rapid fire photon torpedo launchers, and it can drive through Jem'Hadar ships. And, and I'm just like, all right, I don't care about this thing anymore. Yeah. yeah, it's like the it's like the the Sun Crusher from the Timothy Zahn Star Wars novels or whatever. You're just like, really, this shit again? <laughs> Nerds. Uh, I guess that brings us to the last thing that we're working on, the last Full Metal RPG initiative, and. Uh, this one's this one's kind of interesting, and we hope that you, as listeners, are interested in this as well. Um, you're probably because <laughs> guess what, guys? Probably hearing about it a lot. Um, so we started a little writing group where everybody in the writing group is writing a role playing game, and so uh, or just a supplement adventure yeah, setting guide, something of the nature. Doing some role playing right. writing, some role playing type with, of thing. With, with the, the 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 goal is to over the course of the year develop a manuscript and then see it through to publication. Now, obviously, a year is an incredibly aggressive schedule for that, and it is unlikely that we will make that you know very very high mark. However. If you have really, really high marks and you drive yourself towards them, then even if you don't make them, you'll still do something really great. Right. It's it's aim for the moon, and mm-hmm. even if you'll miss, you'll land among a uh, vacuum incapable of supporting life where you will suffocate to death agonizingly. Or I just thought you'd like pilot the Millennium Falcon into an asteroid, and you'd be like, wait a minute. What's, what's these little squishy bits? Anyway, never mind. Um... So, so we're all writing some games, and we got uh, we, are. we got Jim Miller in on this. Jim Miller is working with us. We got Richard Newby from uh, from uh, Game Fair and uh, Glory Hound and Invited Gamers, and uh, we got the homie Brinton from uh, from uh, Core Hammer slash Dungeon Punks. He's helping us out too. Nice. So, um, we had our first meeting this last weekend, and that was really interesting. I had my game on the hot seat because I had. I don't know. Somehow I got. I, I think because I organized. The I think group, you had the most stuff ready. I, I, I think I, because because I organized the group, I felt like I had to be the guy who like was like, okay, well, this is how we're gonna do it. This is how we're gonna set the format. So um, I had I had a lot of pages ready because I've been writing like a madman since um, crit hit. Uh, Justin Soroyce and I just had a lot of time to talk during crit hit, and he really got my like the wheels in my head turning, and he really just he just he just a lot of things came into focus for me hanging out with him for that weekend it was very valuable creatively and um so i've been writing a lot since then with the exception of when i was preparing to go to gen con at gen con and then immediately after gen con so so at this point i'm uh i'm, I'm like balls deep in this thing i've written like a a, a hefty amount of yeah. it i think I, I think i've written like between somewhere between like um a quarter and a third of it at this point uh, maybe even up to, and definitely not a half. Let's say a top end, a third. And uh, I have a strong roadmap for where the rest of it's going. Right now, the working title of the game is Ravenous, and it is is my take on the art of vampire role playing. It is not a vampire the masquerade rehash. It is my own take on how to role play vampires. Um, and I think that I think that the there's a big enough tent for that. You know, there's like a billion fantasy games. There's a billion sci-fi games. There's a lot of horror games, even, but there's very few games where people, where your character, the central, the 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 protagonists that you are playing are um, are vampires. And so this is this is my reinterpretation of that genre after something like 25 years of doing that all the time. 
So, um, well, it's a good time because vampire hasn't been around for a while. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I guess part of what inspired this game is sort of my kind of like disappointment in not, not in any one in particular, but just kind of the entire scene of what's going on with vampire in general. There's just been, it's just, it's been, it just hasn't been super fulfilling. And so I feel like now is a good time for other people to express their feelings about those types of games. And, um, yeah, so that's something that you guys can look forward to, to, uh, to, to seeing. Right soon. on. Um, I felt like the, 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 the group went really well the first session. Yeah. I, I felt like I didn't contribute as much as I could have. Part of that was because you and I had been talking so much about it already. Like, I don't know. I felt like well, I mean, I kind of already blew my load when we were talking. You blew your lo- anyway. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I felt like yeah, I felt like Richard was killing it, and then it was just kind of like I'm just sitting there like, all right, well, I'll just talk when when you, I. You felt like Richard had them. I, I no, like, I felt like he was killing it. I felt like he had a lot of really good insights, and, and I think everybody had good insights. Yeah. Like every single person who had something to say told me something that either like confirmed something that I was 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 thinking already, or. Had, uh, gave me a completely fresh take on what was I was looking at. Like, for instance, uh, one of the playbooks that I'm writing is called The Sybarite, and it's one that I am, at least before the meeting, I was very on the fence about because mm-hmm. I felt like it was the weakest one, and I was thinking about rotating it out and bringing in... And that was the one, one that Jim, Jim really liked. was his favorite. That's yeah. the one that Jim said was his favorite. So knowing that there was somebody out there that it really spoke to, and he was, and he was saying that he even like talked about it to his his girlfriend, his fiance. So um, that means that it's it's connecting with somebody. So good, we'll leave it in. I'm stoked about that. I'm stoked about that. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to uh, be working on that. And as that, we're we're gonna be playtesting that soon in the uh, the Brendan group. I think that that's kind of what the vampire game is gonna give way to. The Giovanni game is going to become a ravenous game, and we'll be playtesting that to see how it actually works. See how it actually works. So, if anybody has any questions or comments about that, and they want to get at me, let me know because uh, I'll be looking for. Um, we're going to be getting into alpha playtesting here pretty soon, but um, I'm thinking that in November I'm going to start doing beta playtesting. And I'm going to want to send it out to people so that they can run games that I'm not part of and not overseeing and then report back to me how it goes. So if you want to be part of that, then by all means, I want you to get at me so I can start making a list. When you do the alpha, make sure uh, one of the characters can only feed on vegans and one of the characters is a child molester. Done. That's going to be my advice to you. Done. Because that goes over like uh, hot cakes. Yes. Yes. It, like a house it, on you're going to sell that shit out. <laughs> Well, what do you guys think? Anybody have any closing thoughts? Oh, did oh we, we, no, we, we, got, we haven't gone over the other stuff. What, what are you working stuff? on, Bailey? Oh, yeah, we got other, other people working on other games. It's not yeah, I'm, I'm supposed yeah. to get critiqued. It's this not next month just here. about you. You don't even go to this school. <laughs> <laughs> what are you working on, Ben? I'm working on my game, War Against Heaven. Uh, it's a uh, you know, Chinese uh, f- fantasy inspired game that is not 
really Chinese fantasy anymore. It's been westernized and has had whitewashed. whitewashed and uh, <laughs> culture appropriated. And that's uh, right. You should be ashamed of yourself. You sicken me, Ben Bailey. Yeah. Well, I hope. I hope. You know, if if you if you read this game and you're like, man, this stuff just sickens me, I'll be happy. I'll be happy. I'll, I'll be sure to get like a nice, uh, nice like Steve Bannon quote for the back of your book there. <laughs> Yes, how China do. is destroying please the American do. heartland. I, I'm really um, excited about your game because I end up having a real affinity for these games. It's interesting how you could have the like the layers of the of the um, personality construct that you develop for yourself. Yeah, like you start thinking about who you are, and one of the things that I've always said that I kind of hate is like anime, and I hate manga and this kind of shit. But then I saw that copy of Ninja Crusade Second Edition, and I had to have it. And I read the fuck out of it, and it's so great. And as I was doing that, I was like remembering like Ninja Scroll and Escaflone, and even like watching Shaman King. Um, <laughs> and I'm remembering how much I enjoyed those things. Sure. And um, I had just kind of pushed all that stuff out of my consciousness as like the the construct of who I am didn't have room for it anymore. Yeah. See, know? I still love Ghost in the Shell standalone complex. I love Gunslinger Girl. Like, I, There's all these animes I have that I just absolutely adore, and I'm like, oh, I just love these things. See, I, I, I actually like anime. I, I, I uh, have no problem with it. However, I will you say... You fucking that, weeaboo. Yeah, exactly. No, the thing that fucking pisses me off is that whenever you look at like one of these uh like you know asian culture inspired role-playing games it's always like a bunch of anime looking drawings on the front of it right and i'm exalted yeah i can't stand it i, I honestly can't stand it um it drives me crazy i don't want to see it i don't want to i don't want to play it the moment i see those drawings so that's that's sort of the I'm, I'm making the game for me you know this is what i want from the game i want like an asian inspired game that doesn't have all the tropes of like stupid anime and like whatever you know right it's like it's like more crouching tiger hidden dragon sure sure because because it's based on this type of fiction you 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 actually started talking about this game like a year ago or something and you're like there's a name for this shit right it's shanshaf yes shanshaf means i have i have no i have no frame of reference for this type of the the word the word literally translates to immortal hero right um that's that's literally what it means it's like immortal hero genre so I, I don't know, you know, you guys will get more familiar with it when you start seeing my stuff, which next month is uh, is my critique. I have to have it to you guys, I think, in like two weeks here. Yeah, that's right. You got so, two weeks all right. Two weeks to polish that, that yeah. uh, manuscript. Well, it's not going to be polished, but you'll have a bunch of stuff in front of you. All right, I hate it already. Look forward to it. God, damn it, Adam. Look forward to it. <laughs> no one fucking asked you anyway. Well, I am going to ask Adam now, though. What are you working on, buddy? Well, time for you to pony uh, up. Yeah, so I'm working on probably the worst of the lot. Um, just I guarantee you this is going to be the one people write in about. <laughs> oh, yeah, scraping the bottom thing. of the barrel. I, I am taking what started off as a joke, um, because that's who I am, uh, at Crit Hit. And I am going to attempt to turn my game I ran there, Ponies of Sin, into some kind of supplement. Um so Ponies of Sin as a game was a blending of My Little Pony and Cenobite Horror. Originally, I thought I wanted to run Tucson by Night, or I wanted to write Tucson by Night, and then for I... For Storyteller Vault. Right, for Storyteller Vault, for White Wolf. And and then I had some disappointing interactions, and I decided that's not the way I want to go. Um, I'm kind of over it and done with that. So I started thinking, well, what's Adam's wheelhouse? What does Adam do well? Adam does like Gonzo Bizarro kind of like funny combinations of stuff. So sometimes you don't, like you said, sometimes you don't choose uh, 
you know, uh, your muse, your muse chooses you. So I'm going to attempt to turn ponies of sin into a thing. This is, this and is God this is help us all. No, this is gold. This is true gold. Honestly, I, it is your wheelhouse. I mean, playing your game world game like that was that was classic and great. I don't see how ponies of sin can go wrong for you. In it's going to be interesting. Be, probably be the biggest commercial success of any of the ones that we do. Yeah, I think blending. So. Uh, yeah, I uh, the issue that I'm running into is blending two well-known IPs together. I, I'm going to have to not make them those IPs. I'm going to have to kind of genericize them a little yeah, bit. He's got to file the serial numbers off. It'll be fine. Right. The, that is literally on some level the easiest part. Oh, okay. You it's know? that's the part I'm most concerned about because as I get into it, I'm just like I don't know how to do this stuff without if. All you got to do is go through um, Kickstarter and look at all the people who are like, this monster manual is for the world's most popular role-playing game. Yeah, right? Yeah. I all mean, right. that's all you're doing. All right. People, it's become a thing in role-playing world to, to refer to something without referring to it. You know what I'm saying? And just do that winking yeah. thing, that over-exaggerated wink where I'm just like, uh, exactly. uh, uh. People are like, you having a seizure? No. I think people want to see this game. <laughs> I think people. I think people want to uh, buy. Everybody it. who's been introduced to this game seems to be Gaga for it already. So. We've only introduced like three people to it, so that's like one hundred percent more people is. than are excited about well, it's true. And then, and, then, so. and then on top of that, the people they talked to were Gaga for it, even though they didn't weren't even involved. That was two more people. Still, though, I'm, I'm serious, <laughs> man. It's like. Crazy. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. The uh, landslide. I'm gonna have here, fun with it, gentlemen. Yeah, it's gonna be like that Stevie Nicks song. Mm-hmm. The landslide brought me down. So, so that's what you're working on. That's what I'm working and you, on. And you, you're not gonna present until November, right? Uh, probably. Yeah, that's when I'm doing it. So yeah. that will be my magnum opus. That will be uh, that like Mr. Holland's I, opus. I that will like, be Mr. Adams' opus. I can picture like <laughs> like 30 years from now, Adam, a successful game writer. Oh, everyone wants them to talk about Ponies of Sin. I fucking hate that game. <laughs> <laughs> it started off as a joke. <laughs> just he's sitting there drinking scotch, you know, face all red, smoking a cigarette. Uh, Nobody wants yeah. to talk Everybody to me seriously to about my art. Yeah. <laughs> I did other things besides Star Trek, you know. That's right. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, good session. Nice talking to both of you. Thanks for making the time. Stop by the house. Thanks today. for having us here. Yeah. Do a do a podcast. Are we um, are we doing are we doing listener reviews? Do we have some queued up? You were right, Adam. We have a new review. It's when I say new, I mean it's from July seventh. That's how that's it's how new to the people listening. <laughs> yeah. I'm such an asshole. Uh this one's from Lost underscore heretic, and the title is Chill Bros. Or maybe chill bros. I don't know. There's no. There's Is no it like chill comma bros? No, or just that? chill bros. Okay, then it's chill bros. Okay. Um, five stars. Uh, Lost Heretic says, The reason why Full Metal RPG is so great is that the hosts are these cool table gamers that you wish you were. You should listen to this show so that you can learn to be as cool as them. I'm like 5% cooler now. And I got to say, Lost Heretic, you are definitely cooler than us. There's no way that if you were here, you'd just be like, the scales are lifted. I'm, oh. I, I'm ashamed. <laughs> we're all like sloppily drinking yeah, beer. I'm, yeah, I'm writing a game about ponies for fuck's sake. <laughs> like, I work in a warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but gaming's fun. I do it love is. gaming. It's great. I do love gaming. So uh, Lost Heretic, thank you for, thank you for, the uh, review. for the review. Thank you for the five-star review. We're up to 22... 22 reviews now, guys, with a solid five stars, despite the fact that there have been, I think at this point, two reviews that are less than five stars. Oof. I know. 
we got a four we got two four star reviews in there also which i mean i'm just like a, it's like a knife right to my heart is it every time i think about it um you just gotta get shame. better shame shame yeah pretty we much gotta get that bell shame yeah. I'm, just shame. Saying, I'm gonna have to shame. get naked yeah. guys yes you're yes. making me are do you not it, already <laughs> um well thanks everybody for stopping by checking in on full metal rpg we really appreciate you we'll see you next month we do this all over again uh, in the meantime, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, write me at fullmetalrpgofficial at gmail.com. Uh, check out our webpage, fullmetalrpg.com. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram, where we're fullmetalrpg. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, Instagram is still the best way to do it. Uh, what else? I guess that's it. If you're in Arizona and you want to take part in our like game club, you know, come down to Game Depot. Friday out. nights. Yeah, for seriously, Game Depot, Friday the 13th and the 26th. 27th. 27th and the 27th, um, Game Depot, Tempe, Arizona. We'll have Lamentations, 13th Age, yeah, Blades I, in the Dark. I just realized that weekend I'm going to be like, it's going to be crazy busy because there's a GP in town for Magic. Nice. To. I have Friday off. I was gonna go down, but I'm gonna I'm gonna leave the convention and come back and run some games, some game depot. Be a blast. Solid. Sounds good. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you. Uh, have a good night. Good night. All right.